Welcome to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, Duval. Hey, welcome. We're listened to in as many as 28 states, plus the District of Columbia. It's incredible now. want to thank all the folks in North Florida, Central Florida, all over Florida, the panhandle of Florida, uh, for listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. State of Washington is the second state, the second most listened to state of the Till Shirt Report podcast where quarterback Mark Brunel uh, played his college football for the Washington Huskies. And, of course, Gardner Minshew uh, played um, college football, yeah, at Washington State. Gardner looks to be the backup unless he's traded. Interesting, you know, interesting reports about Gardner could get traded. Urban Meyer came out recently and said they're not looking to trade Gardner. Is that posturing for a higher draft pick maybe? However, I got to say this. I mean, what better quarterback room than Trevor Lawrence, the first overall draft pick, and Gardner Minshew? Uh, The Jaguars did bring in Beathard. Uh, Mr. Beathard, a former quarterback with San Francisco who, you know, played in some games due to injuries, you know, to Garoppolo, their starter. So it's very interesting. I like the quarterback room. Um, the first overall pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. The second string guy is Gardner Minshew. If the Jags do sign Beathard, you got a lot of good competition for the backup slot. Or if Trevor goes down, you know, with an ankle injury or something minor where somebody can come in there and, you know, win a game or two. As far as Beathard, the uh, 49ers, former 49ers backup quarterback, who did see at times, I guess a couple of years ago, some, um, you know, some substantial playing time. You know, I got to say that, you know, Urban's – right on top of it because he wants to have a have a good backup cj bethard even our bigjreport.com freelance writer jc told me he went he would go on record is saying that cj bethard will make one heck of a backup quarterback for the jaguars right now uh bethard apparently is being given a look by the Jaguars, uh, I believe, this weekend. We'll talk more about the Teal Shirt Report coming up, brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest way to uh, make and produce a podcast with all the creation tools that Anchor has for you, the enhancements, the improvements they've made over the last six or seven months, in my opinion. So it's Anchor.fm, the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor.fm sponsoring the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We also want to thank Saucer Realty, uh, Larry Saucer that runs Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs. If you're thinking about moving to this area, keep in mind we've got you know people listening to this podcast from as many as 28 states. So if you're thinking about moving to North Florida or even making an investment here, or perhaps you're already in North Florida, maybe you want to buy a second property or just simply a new property, contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. You can go to our website at bigjreport.com, scroll down to the weather information, and in our 24-7 North Florida weather information, in our 24-7 North Florida weather information, 
you will find the link to Saucer Realty. Saucer Realty for home, residential real estate needs, uh, business, commercial. It's Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty in North Florida and surrounding areas. So we want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good, great internet radio. Whether you're listening to Rock Saturdays on the weekends or uh, Hits 2000s in the evenings during the week, Monday through Friday, you're always going to hear great recognizable hits and songs on LakeUfallahits.com, where it's all good. Great internet radio with LakeUfallahits.com. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com. As you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we're now listened to in as many as 28 states, plus the District of Columbia. Uh, we're international and worldwide. Listen to in Northern Ireland, uh, UK, Newport, uh, Wales area. Uh, we're also listened to in Montreal, Canada, Quebec, um, Puerto Rico, New Zealand, Germany, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. And uh, some of the other great areas, too, that we're, we're listened to across this vast world. We are internationally listened to. We're listened to in as many as 28 states, plus the District of Columbia. And again, thank you for listening. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to cover it all today. So thank you for tuning in to episode 17. This is episode 17, season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I want to say hello to Andy Powers, listening in Newport, Wales. That's in the UK. Newport, Wales, with the uh, the Milton Garden Club and Wild uh, Wildlife. If I could uh, spit that out today, Wildlife Project, right? Um, man, I've, I've had that first cup of coffee, so we're kind of getting our, our tongue in gear here. Uh, again, want to say hello to Andy Powers with the Milton, um, the Milton Wildlife and Garden Club Facebook group. And uh, they are in uh, Wales, uh, Newport, Wales, UK. Andy Powers, thank you for listening uh, to our Teal Shirt Report as we are recording this on Sunday morning, uh, March the 21st. So it's uh, pretty cool talking about all the changes with the Jaguars from the standpoint of I didn't really see all of this coming. Did you? Uh, I was thinking Jaguars are going to go after some, you know, some pretty good to good to even some great players. They've done that. Um, not in the form of two to four free agents that I thought. It looks like the plan is to basically reshape the roster from the bottom of the roster to the middle of the roster, plus guys that are still under contract, you know, like Miles Jack, um, linebacker, um, uh, you know, Schobert out of Wisconsin, who 
played for the Cleveland Browns. No, he didn't. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? I get the Browns and the Bengals mixed up both in Ohio, right? Um, yeah, Schobert played for um, – I better pull up his uh, his stats, Mr. Schobert, Joe Schobert, right? Um, let's pull that up. Now, he played with um, – I tell you what, I've been hearing about so many players here, um, here recently. You know, Cleveland Browns. I don't know why I mentioned Cincinnati, but I mentioned both of them, right? Joseph Robert Schobert was born November the 6th of 1993. Now, what's kind of cool about Mr. Joe Schobert being born on November the 6th of 1993, that is the very same month that the Jacksonville Jaguars got the franchise. In 1993, November of 1993, when the NFL awarded the NFL franchise to Jacksonville, Florida. Joe Schobert is a guy that is a good player. Uh, also team with Miles Jack at linebacker. Linebacker has not really been an issue. And it seems like the Jags are adding some linebackers too. So the defense is going to be, man, it's, it might not be the number one defense in the league, but it's, they got a shot at being in the top 10 or 15 uh, with the changes they've, you know, been making, especially adding uh, Malcolm Brown, a defensive tackle from the New Orleans Saints, where the Jaguars only had to give up a seventh round draft pick. They, you know, I thought it was going to be a mid round, maybe uh, fourth or fifth round, but it turned out to be a seventh round um, draft pick. I mean, New Orleans was wanting to get there in that New Orleans is actually in the stage where they're trying to get out from under some of their salaries. And the Jaguars went through that last year. So, um, you know, the Jags on defense have added uh, Malcolm Brown uh, through the trade with New Orleans. They uh, signed Shaquille Griffin out of Seattle, the three-year at $40 million, well over $40 million for the three years. Um, and, you know, um, of course, you know, I'll go back and tell you that, you know, they, they've gotten some other players too. You know, uh, Robert Roy, a big signing, you know, from the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Jags also signed defensive end, offensive, uh, I'm sorry, outside linebacker, defensive end and outside linebacker Jihad Ward uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, and he he played for Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator. So, you know, the way things are shaping up, the Jags adding a lot of, um, you know, new players. I mean, um, it's really amazing how many uh, new players the Jags are adding especially on defense. It's making me think now that uh, the draft is going to include a lot of offensive help. I could still see the Jags drafting a defensive lineman or a pass rusher in the draft, but I think they're going to concentrate on tight end, maybe adding another offensive line guy. We all know about Trevor Lawrence at the very top of the draft, right? And... So, you know, we're looking at a lot of different things uh, with the Jaguars at the uh, present time, of course. Um, you know, defensively, everybody says, well, Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback, is the big signing for the big money three years at, you know, over uh, $40 million. So, 
he's definitely a big signing, but the Jags have, you know, signed some other guys too. Um, they did re-sign cornerback Trey Herndon, who may end up playing off the bench as a nickelback guy, playing the nickel. Um, the Jags did re-sign Tyler Shatley, a reserve offensive lineman, um, who can play both guard and center, which, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Shatley's been a capable backup that's had to start some games due to injuries over the years. And when you take a look at these signings, you know, the Jags have signed a lot of free agents. And, you know, they made the trade with to get Malcolm Brown. And then they had to release 15 players, you know, including Keelan Cole. You know, I think Keelan was, was really a, a guy that liked playing in Jacksonville. The guy wanted to be here. So he met, you know, he met some of those uh, requisites. Uh, Keelan Cole, an up-and-down player, I mean, he made a one-handed catch, what, about three years ago? But, you know, he might have dropped uh, 15 two-handed catches uh, back when uh, brother brother Blake Bortles was a quarterback. So Keelan Cole dropped some passes over time, uh, a good many, made a great one-handed catch. He's got the speed of a gazelle, great speed at wide receiver when he was signed as an undrafted free agent out of, I believe, Kentucky Wesleyan. Um, so when, you know, it's, it's that old saying, what goes up must come down. Um, you know, when you add a bunch of new players, you're going to have to release some of what you have on the roster. And Keelan Cole was one of those casualties. However, Keelan kind of landed on his feet. He signed a deal with the New York Jets, so Keelan's still going to be in the league. And when you consider Keelan Cole a, a undrafted free agent, I mean, he's already spent like, what, four years in the league with the Jaguars? He's, he saw a lot of ups and downs with the Jaguars, mainly downs. But uh, so Keelan Cole has carved out a pretty good NFL career for himself where, you know, he's getting pretty close to, you know, being able to cash in on the NFL retirement in other words, being in the league long enough to get that retirement whenever he does finish, and that may be, you know, still a few years away. So Keelan Cole signs with the New York Jets. Now, after the Jags released that list of 15, that 15 players they were releasing, including Keelan Cole, and I don't really see the need to go down the entire list. I will say that James O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, was on that list. And the Jags decided after they released O'Shaughnessy, you know, after, you know, a half a day or a day, they said, we're going to re-sign James O'Shaughnessy and bring him back. And that's what they did. The Jags also re-signed a, a backup kicker. That's right. You know, we had a lot of trouble. The Jags had a lot of trouble with uh, injuries at the kicking position, you know, last year. So, you know, the Jags uh, – Decided to, you know, re-sign the backup kicker, which, you know, I think is good. That's uh, Aldrich. Um, let's see. Give me a second here. It's uh, Aldrich Roses is an American football place kicker and punter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Aldrich kind of proved he could do both things. So maybe he's valuable from the standpoint of being a backup. The Jags have a very good kicker in Josh Lambeau. Logan Cook has, has shown 
you know, on a rookie deal. I mean, uh, Logan Cook. Logan Cook was, what, a seventh-round pick for the Jaguars here, you know, about three years ago. So he's still on a rookie deal. Um, Aldrick Roses uh, is still with the Jaguars. He was one of the guys uh, re-signed. It was uh, Aldrick Roses and also um, tied in James O'Shaughnessy. So the Jags decided to keep O'Shaughnessy. However, they did trade Josh Oliver, a guy that was drafted in the third round by Dave Codwell, what, almost three years ago. And he had an injury plague two years where he ended up only playing maybe in, what, three or four games with the Jaguars in his first year, did not play in his second year. I mean, I can see why the Jaguars and Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke have traded Josh Oliver, you know, especially getting, you know, something in return. Um, I mean, Josh Oliver, it started out with Josh Oliver, his first year, a hamstring injury. Then he comes back and plays in like three or four games, the limit, you know, and he doesn't catch a lot of passes. He get caught a few, but, um, you know, he came back and was he the hamstring injury, first of all. You know, he was drafted in 2019 in the April 2019 draft. So he was playing in the 2019 season, not at first, had a hamstring injury. Um, then finally came back, played three or four games, and then, oh, his back went out. Because I remember him grimacing and putting his hand behind his back. I, I knew when he had the back injury, and then he missed the rest of the year. Okay, then his second year came up, and in training camp, you know, he hurts his hand and he's out for the year. So Josh Oliver has only played in like, what, three or four games in his uh, Jaguars career in two seasons, and he was a third-round draft pick. So uh, the Jags have reportedly traded tight end Josh Oliver uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, you know. So the tight end room, you know, is a little bit depleted, would you say? And James O'Shaughnessy was released here a few days ago, and then they signed him back. Um, the Jags did get, uh, what's his name, Manhurts, who's uh, play, is more known uh, for being a blocker. Uh, Manhurts, we talked about Manhurts on our last uh, podcast. You know, he's more of a, Chris Manhurts is more of a blocking tight end, um, and he's with the Jaguars now. He was signed by the Buffalo Bills as an undrafted free agent back in 2015, and get this, uh, Chris Manhurts, a little-known fact, he also played college basketball at Canisius College. So if you didn't know that, that's something interesting about Chris Manhurts. You know, when the Jags had, you know, Julius Thomas, the Julius Thomas uh, experience here a few years ago when, when uh, general manager Dave Codwell signed Julius Thomas, and he ended up, you know, getting hurt his, his first training camp here and missed, missed a, a – several games, but, um, Julius Thomas, I mean, he had caught 12 touchdown passes from, from Peyton Manning, like two years in a row, Julius, I think he, what one year he caught six touchdowns for the Jaguars, I think, but, um, I'm not even sure Julius Thomas is in the league anymore. He went to Miami after that, the Jags had shipped him off to uh, Miami, of course. Uh, so Chris Manhurts, uh, is more of a blocking tight end. He's about six foot six, 
And um, again, I told you he's a former basketball player. The reason why I mentioned Julius Thomas, he was also a former basketball player too. So there have been instances where tight ends have been former basketball players. Even offensive tackles have been, and those are more of your, you know, your power guys in basketball, maybe playing power forward or playing a, 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 a smaller center position. But Chris Manhurts, um, an NFL uh, tight end, Chris Manhurts has signed, of course, as a, a free agent with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jaguars have signed a lot of players. I mean, um, you know, that's, that's a couple of tight ends. They've got Manhurts and James O'Shaughnessy. They also have the kid, the rookie they drafted late in the draft out of Georgia Tech last year. His name kind of escapes me at the moment. But when the draft comes up, you know, I think at this juncture, and, you know, the Jags have signed a lot of players, Philip Dorsett, Rudy Ford, Deshaun Jenkins is a defensive back that'll play safety and and uh, he's like an in-the-box guy and can even be a dime linebacker at times. The Jags have re-signed uh, Tyson Alu-Alu, who played, you know, two or three years in Pittsburgh after he was in Jacksonville, you know, prior to that. So there's been a lot of changes. And so basically what I'm saying with all the changes is it seems like Urban Meyer and GM Trent Baalke, they're making these changes and I, 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 my opinion was, hey, it's a two- to five-year plan to go to the Super Bowl. I think with all these changes the Jags are making with the bottom end of the roster and toward the middle or meat part of the roster, I think Urban Myers, I think his plan is to try to win the first year. And you've seen, you've seen all the great things the Jags, all the great players they've added are the good players they've added on defense. We'll use the term good, good to great, and some developing players, it could get even better. Um, they've signed a lot of defensive players. Uh, the Jags um, did actually bring back Carlos Hyde, so he's getting kind of a second chance in Jacksonville. He signed, what, about a two-year, $6 million deal. Jags have also brought in wide receiver Philip Dorsett, and I was looking at the depth chart, and to me it looks like Philip Dorsett, you know, he's not the main he's, – he's not going to be a main wide receiver unless he just is healthy, completely healthy, goes to the roof with his training camp. He's going to be down around fourth or fifth on the depth chart because as I see it right now, your number one guys are kind of 1A and 1B, DJ Chark and uh, Marvin Jones – your number three guy, LaVisca Chenault, in my opinion. Number four is going to be either Colin Johnson, the second-year guy out of Texas, who's about 6'5", 6'6", a good potential red zone guy in the future as well. So, uh, you know, Colin Johnson may be 4A. Philip Dorsett may be 4B or vice versa. But those are probably your top five wide receivers right now with the Jaguars. However... The Jags actually did sign another guy just within the last few hours. They got a guy from Dallas. Um, Dallas had actually put, and let's talk also, before we talk about the new receiver from, from Dallas, the Jags did sign kickoff returner uh, Jamal Andrew, who um, actually will return kicks, and he's he scored a few touchdowns uh, with Detroit uh, returning kicks. 
Um, Marvin Jones, I think, is a great addition, a guy that's caught nine touchdown passes each of the last two years for Detroit, and he's now with the Jaguars. But uh, kickoff returner Jamal Agnew um, not only will return kicks, you know, he may they may put him in there in the slot and let him play the law offense uh, from time to time too as he uh, did uh, somewhat a few plays with Detroit. So that's kind of kind of what you're looking at now. As we mentioned, the Jaguars just a few hours ago, late late Saturday or early Sunday on March 21st, as we record this podcast, um, the Jags did sign, did actually sign a. Um, and let me pull up the information about the receiver that the Jaguars. Uh, sign that actually Dallas had waived uh, this wide receiver. And let me pull up the information I have on the receiver uh, from Dallas. So the Jags, I mean, they're staying busy. They're, they're checking that waiver wire. Uh, competition in the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver room uh, seems to be getting, you know, the, the wide receiver room seems to be getting a little bit more cramped. This may be the number six guy competition in the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver room um, as the Jaguars sign a former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. The Jaguars claim wide receiver uh, John Bay Johnson off waivers from the Cowboys. So the Jags are signing a lot of players. They really are. And they've released several players because when you sign a bunch of players, you've got to let a bunch of players go. The Jags didn't bring back the backup kicker, um, Aldrick Roses, and they and they also uh, you know brought back tight end James O'Shaughnessy. If O'Shaughnessy is healthy, I think it's a good move. He can play and he you know he can make a few catches. Not a bad blocker. Um, the Jags also signed Manhurts, who's more of a a blocker from the tight end position. So when you talk about free agency setting the table for the draft, um, I think with all the defensive players the Jags have now signed and brought into the fold, in other words, I think it's going to give you an opportunity to see the Jags, general manager Trent Baalke, and uh, also Urban Meyer, who kind of runs the show. Baalke's the GM that Meyer's comfortable with. And they're working in tandem, without a doubt. I, I do believe the fact that the Jags signed so many, so many defensive players in free agency, it's going to give them a chance to draft a tight end, perhaps another offensive lineman, you know, I would think. Uh, I think the Jags will draft at least one defensive lineman. The Jags have added some defensive line help. The defense is going to be a lot stronger. And then with Shaquille Griffin and C.J. Henderson on the back end, the back end is going to be better than it was last year just because the defensive line is going to be better. You're going to have a better scheme uh, with Joe Cullen than you had with Todd Wash, without a doubt, like night and day, you know, in, in my opinion. So, that's kind of where we're at. And when you take a look at the draft, obviously tre uh, Trevor Lawrence will be the first pick overall. And then the Jacks could trade up, try to get into the Kyle Pitts sweepstakes. I don't think they're going to get Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts could be picked as early as number four or five. He could fall as late as 12, 13, 14. But the Jags have to think, do we want to trade up for Kyle Pitts or just take who's there uh, when, when the Jags do pick? So, 
they got a lot of draft picks. They did, you know, they did trade that. Uh, they did trade one of the uh, picks to get defensive tackle Malcolm Brown, which was a huge pickup for the defensive line. You can't get a you can't get a defensive lineman with that kind of experience as one of the one of the better NFL run stuffers and just give up a seventh round pick. So the Jags still have what eleven picks in the draft, and I think they may have picked up another pick. Um, with the trading of Josh Oliver. So they're going to have 11 or 12 picks uh, in the draft as the Jags traded, uh, you know, tight end prospect who was often injured, whether it was a hamstring, you know, his back going out or a hand injury. Josh Oliver no longer with the Jaguars. It didn't work out. He needs a fresh start. The Jags need another pick. So the Jags will draft a tight end somewhere. They might draft two. Um, you know, Zach Ertz, I believe, is still out there. Could the Jags possibly have plans to bring him in? I'm not sure that they will. Um, the Eagles may want to mint, or at least they, they want some draft picks. The Jags might not be really willing to give up the draft picks. There's still some uh, Zach Ertz trade rumors out there. Uh, here we go. This will explain a lot to you about Zach Ertz as we record this on Sunday, March 21st. Zach Ertz trade rumors. Bills, Buffalo Bills no longer interested due to Eagles' high asking price. Man, the Eagles will try to fleece you all day long. So you got to watch. You got to really watch out when you're trading with the Eagles, without a doubt. You're listening to the uh, Tilt Shirt Report podcast. We still got North Florida Entertainment coming up, other area sports with Alex Nunnery as well. So stay tuned. You are listening to the Tilt Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. Thank you for listening. Okay, welcome back to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, my name is Scott, and we're talking Jaguars. Uh, we, you know, we've been talking about some of the new players that the Jaguars have signed as free agents. They even traded and got Malcolm Brown, one of the ultimate uh, run stuffers in the NFL, uh, who'll probably play defensive tackle along the um, defensive line for a new defensive coordinator, Joe Cullen, and his Jaguars defense, which essentially we're hearing is going to be a 3-4. Could be hybrid where you'll see 3-4 a lot of times, maybe 4-3. I think they're going to be moving players around a good bit, and it's going to be exciting. I think the defense is going to go from uh, really subpar and basically poor um, from last year in 2020, and I think we're looking for the defense to hit a above average to good level if not better, in 2021. How much the defense comes on will probably have a good bit to do with, um, you know, how well the Jaguars do in 2021. you got a rookie quarterback coming in, but, you know, he's probably a generational talent. A lot of pressure on uh, quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He just signed uh, a deal with uh, the Topps Cards card company uh, to do a box set of cards, so, 
he may actually, and there's been a lot of good and 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 wonderful and great quarterback prospects through the years. He, Trevor Lawrence, might be the best, and th- this this is putting a lot of pressure on him. He may actually be the best quarterback prospect uh, since John Elway, and that would be saying a lot because you know there's guys like you know Peyton Manning in between uh, those two guys. Of course, we're talking about. You know, Dan Marino. We're talking about, you know, Hall of Fame guys, right? Um, talking about the defense, Roy Robertson. Um, that's uh, Roy Robertson was signed to play defensive line. Former, Formerly with the Bears, Roy Robertson Harris. Uh, New Jacksonville Jaguars defensive lineman, Roy Robertson Harris, formerly of the Bears, can play some defensive tackle and the big defensive end. He likes to rush the passer and stop the run. Welcome to Duval. Uh, defensive lineman Roy Robertson Harris from the from the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Welcome to Duval, uh, Mr. Harris. And I watched the press conference with uh, Roy Robertson Harris. And one thing cool about him, he really looks up to a former Jaguar in Calais Campbell. Calais now with uh, the Baltimore Ravens, of course. So, talking about the Jaguars, we've been kind of summing up, you know, what the Jaguars have done in free agency, the fact that they have really uh, rebuilt the roster in an interesting way. I mean, they have added, you know, the vegetables and some of the meat and potatoes to the roster, uh, the lower part of the roster, the middle part of the roster, and even some in the upper part of the roster, like wide receiver Marvin Jones. And, of course, Shaquille Griffin, who's going to be a starting quarterback, you know, along with uh, C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson was a first-round draft pick of the Jaguars out of the University of Florida last year. But where does the April draft go? The NFL April 2021 draft? Well, you've signed a lot of defensive players. You even traded uh, for a defensive lineman in uh, Malcolm Brown. So I think the Jags can concentrate on offense in the draft. I still see them. I, I don't see them passing on a, on a – when it's their turn to pick, I don't see them passing on a stud defensive lineman, though. But I do see tight end, O-line. Going to see, you know, at least one or two tight ends drafted. Um, I'd say at least one good O-line player fairly early in the draft. A defensive lineman, same story. And I think if Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke run up on a fast running back who can be an offensive weapon, I think they're going to grab one of those guys in the draft as well because the Jaguars do have, I know at least, even after the trade for defensive tackle Malcolm Brown and trading that seventh-round pick, the Jags still at this point at least have 11 uh, draft picks you know, in the April 2021 draft. And after the Josh Oliver trade, it may get back up to, to 12. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. So we're going to talk about other area sports, North Florida Entertainment. I I did talk to my friend David Martin on uh, Facebook, who's been posting about the APDFL. And we love talking semi-pro football. Uh, in the APDFL, the Panhandle Crusaders defeated the Alabama Wolfpack 14 to nothing over the weekend as we're recording this podcast on uh, Sunday morning, March 21st. 
It was the Panhandle Crusaders 14, the Alabama Wolfpack nothing. These games are wars in the trenches. A lot of low-scoring games I've been seeing in semi-pro football, especially in the outdoor level. Um, There's a lot of indoor football coming up, too. I want to say hello to all of the semi-pro football players that listen to the podcast uh, that are on our Facebook group. They go to our website at bigjreport.com. I want to thank David Martin uh, for posting about the Panhandle Crusaders and the Alabama Wolfpack. Again, the Panhandle Crusaders 14, the Alabama Wolfpack nothing over the weekend. And a lot of the guys that you know I'm friends with on Facebook – Matt Wells, who plays indoor football, Zach Brown with the Jacksonville Sharks, uh, David Martin, um, also Enrique Crumbs. These guys, and I've interviewed Enrique and Zach Brown in the past Teal Shirt Report podcast. So I want to tell you, these are a great bunch of guys. I'm going to say the majority of your semi-pro football players, they're great guys. They love what they do. I mean, they're playing for the love of the game. And we love covering, you know, the the St. Augustine uh, Yellow Jackets. Um, And they're in the – boy, keeping up with all these leagues is a challenge, right? But the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, the Argyle Avengers um, that play – they actually play in the uh, FCFL. I was trying to remember the name of that league, the FCFL. Also – the NAL, National Arena League, Indoor Football League, will start up in late May. Jacksonville Sharks, Orlando Predators, uh, Columbus, Georgia Lions, just to name a few of the, the many cities and franchises in the National Arena League. The Southern Steam of the EIF, the uh, Elite Indoor Football League, they will start up with a home game on April the 24th at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, you know Jacksonville, Florida is a hotbed for football when when we're talking about having an NFL team here, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then you got a, an arena team here, the National Arena League's Jacksonville Sharks. Um, we've got the Southern Steam playing their home games at the Ice and Sports Complex right here in Jacksonville, Florida, near Emerson and Phillips. The Southern Steam will start their games under Coach Bobby Damerel on April the 24th of 2021 the fcfl great outdoor football you know the the saint augustine yellow jackets play in that along with the argyle avengers and many other teams across the uh, state of florida and we've been to some of those games great football these games are really wars in the trenches i've seen a lot of close low scoring games and again in the apdlfl the apdfl the APDFL, the Panhandle Crusaders 14, the Alabama Wolfpack nothing. And I want to thank uh, uh, David um, Martin out there for doing the post and promoting and promoting uh, that game with the Panhandle Crusaders and the Alabama Wolfpack. Again, the Panhandle Crusaders 14, the Alabama Wolfpack nothing. Also on Alex Nunnery's reports, he reports on semi-pro football as well. The Yellow Jackets, the Argyle Avengers, and uh, many other teams. Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football League, Jacksonville Sharks, and the National Arena League will start up in in late May as well. We're also going to take a look at some uh, concerts. Uh, North Florida Entertainment. I, you know, I thought something really cool with North Florida Entertainment was the uh, the Jacksonville Iceman of the East Coast Hockey League. 
played a retro game where they actually wore the old Jacksonville Lizard Kings uniforms, the Lizard Kings who played years ago in Jacksonville. And, and really, as far as hockey goes, the Jacksonville Lizard Kings had a big, big following. Now, hockey went away from Jacksonville for several years. In fact, when I moved back to Jacksonville about nine years ago, I don't even believe there was a hockey team anymore. Finally, four years ago, where the thirst and the hunger got really huge for hockey uh, back in the bold city uh, here in Duval, uh, the Iceman uh, moved here from the, what, the Evansville, Indiana, Kentucky area. And so we got hockey. And it's a good league, too, the East Coast Hockey League. I uh, want to congratulate just the, the other night the Iceman with a 5-1 to one win over the Orlando Solar Bears. And they were wearing on retro night the, uh, the Jacksonville uh, Lizard Kings uniforms just a couple of nights ago. So congratulations on that big win by the Jacksonville Iceman. They were kind of uh, at a masquerade party because they were wearing the Jacksonville Lizard Kings uh, uniforms honoring, really honoring that uh, that late uh, hockey franchise, the Jacksonville Lizard Kings that played many, many years ago. And the Jacksonville Iceman wearing the Lizard Kings uniforms. Jacksonville defeated the Orlando Solar Bears 5-1 to one, uh, just actually just a couple of nights ago. So congratulations to the Jacksonville Iceman. They're kind of on a roll right now playing well. And uh, taking a look at some concerts coming up, I do have to uh, – Add some concerts uh, to our listings. Going to talk about some of the concerts coming up. And uh, some of the concerts have been completed. Now, Led Zeppelin 2, performed by the group Classic Albums Live, was held back on March the 12th. Coming up, you got, uh, let's see, uh, today, in fact, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons on Sunday, March 21st at 7 o'clock p.m. tonight at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida, as we record this podcast on Sunday, uh, March the 21st. Elton John will be doing the Yellow Brick Road Tour, the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour, as Elton John, the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour will be held next year in 2022. And we all feel like COVID will be hopefully in the rearview mirror for the most part uh, by next year, now that the vaccines are out and a lot of people are headed, hopefully, to what they call what herd uh, herd uh, immunity, right? So, again, people are getting the vaccine, whether it's the Pfizer, what's the other one, the Minerva, the Minerva I believe it's called, but uh, there's several different vaccines. Johnson & Johnson has their vaccine that's uh, been approved as well. So the vaccines are out there. And I heard a report today that, you know, it's not just the, the senior citizens that are able to get the vaccine along with the medical care folks and, you know, the, uh, uh, the local law enforcement uh, uh, folks as well. But now everyone that's 50 years of age, and older will be able to start getting the vaccine coming up over the next couple of weeks. So that is very, very good news. Eventually, everyone will have the opportunity to be vaccinated. Uh, some people I've heard do not want the vaccination. Um, it's, it's a personal choice, of course, whether you want to get vaccinated or not. But everyone that um, 
everyone will have the opportunity to either get vaccinated or not get vaccinated over the next few weeks and months. And oh, everyone will have the opportunity in this year uh, that we're in 2021. But uh, going back to, um, you know, those concerts uh, coming up, Elton John, the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. We had talked about the, uh, you know, the Molly Hatchet concert that's uh, coming up. We also mentioned that, you know, Molly Hatchet really has, to my knowledge, no original members still living. I do realize that they've been playing for a long time and, uh, you know, and I, I do know there's, there's members of that band that are still playing now that have been with the band for many, many years. Uh, however, I believe all the original members have sadly passed away like Dave Lubeck and uh, Danny Joe Brown, among others, Danny Joe Brown sadly passed away the, you know, the lead singer when they first got started and he had a solo career for a while. Then he went back to Molly Hatchet, but he passed away several years ago. Danny Joe Brown, Dave Lubeck passed away about three years ago, back in uh, almost four years ago now, back in 2017. So again, um, I'm just look, going over some of the reports, uh, you know, that we've been filing, you know, on the website and of course uh, in the Facebook group, the BigJReport.com Facebook group. Molly Hatchett will be in Jacksonville on May 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. Again, I have to I have to say in researching this group, I don't see that there's any original members still with the band at all. They've, they've basically all passed away at some point in time, some, you know, early in their lives, some much later in their lives. Um, after researching this longtime Jacksonville, Florida band, Molly Hatchett, uh, the last couple of years, I have come to the realization that all the original members have sadly passed away. But it's pretty cool that the guys in the Molly Hatchet Band now will carry on their spirit, dreams, and ideas that started many, many years ago. And again, Molly Hatchet has some great songs that you can relive uh, on May 28th at uh, 8 o'clock p.m., of course, at the Florida Theater uh, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. That's, uh, that is going to be... On uh, March 28th, that's coming up in about, oh, I'm sorry, May 28th. Let me double check that. May 28th is the date I'm saying it was actually the concert was uh, published and publicized this month in March a good bit, but the concert is not until May 28th. So if you'd like to go, you have plenty of time to go and, um, you know, check with the Florida Theater. As far as going to Molly Hatchet, let me double check that date again. It's May the 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. Molly Hatchet, May the 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the uh, Florida Theater uh, in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. So that's um, kind of a roundabout look at uh, North Florida Entertainment uh, for you today. We're also going to check in with Alex Nunry. Uh, to get you know caught up on some reports from Alex, and some of the reports uh, will be uh, you know reviewing even some of Alex's past reports. But we're going to catch up with Alex Nunnery's reports as Alex Nunnery is everywhere, absolutely everywhere, covering high school baseball, uh, high school basketball. Even you know he covered high school football several weeks ago, semi-pro football. He's uh, uh, covering as well with uh, reports and even some interviews. 
high school baseball, college baseball. Let's check in with Alex Nunry as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues now. We're going to continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Here now is BigJReport.com contributor Alex Nunry. Alex? Your final score from um, Providence High School. It's Episcopal. Six. Providence. Nothing. Late and Perry, the JU commit. Five strikeouts. Four hits allowed. One walk and a complete game. Episcopal win. No runs allowed as well for Late and Perry. The JU Dolphin commits. We're here with Coach Mike Jones, or Jonesy as they call him, the head coach of Episcopal. A nice 6 nothing win. Tell us how y'all played today. We played pretty solid. Uh, you know, we, we threw strikes. Uh, we had quality at-bats, and uh, we played clean. So when you do those things, it gives you a pretty good chance to win. All right, then. How is it pitching for the, the Suns back in the 80s, even though, yeah, coming back to Jacksonville? Well, I mean, uh, I've been in Jacksonville for so long, probably since since 79, so it's like my second home. But uh, it was always fun. Love the old stadium. Uh, just love the crowds and uh, love the Jacksonville area. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at Stallions Field of Providence High School for a terrific baseball game between the 6-1 North Florida Christian Eagles and the 5-4 Providence Stallions. The Stallions come off a nice 12-7 win over Bishop McLaughlin. Um, this past Friday night. And the Eagles come off of a 8-1 to loss over Childs. The Eagles head coach in his 38th season is Mr. Mike Posey. The Stallions head coach in his 21st season. That's Mac Machiowitz. The Eagles participate in Class 2A along with St. John's Country Day up here in Jacksonville. The Eagles, one of the best teams in the nation, being told they are 45th in the nation in the state of I apologize, being told they are 45th in the state of Florida. Head coach, once again, is Mike Posey. They're led by Blake Dinkman, the leader of the Eagles team is Blake Dinkman. He's a two-lane commit. The leader of the Stallions is a junior of North Carolina Tar Heel commit, Connor Hagen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome 
to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at Parker High School, Howard Mayfield, for today's, tonight's high school baseball game between the visiting two and six Lee Generals and the five and five Parker Braves. Lee, coached in his first season by Corey Goff. Being told he's the youngest head coach at 24 years young. And the Braves, the Parker, coached by former JU pitcher Dennis Robinson. Being told that Englewood and Terry Parker are the only two public high schools in Duval County of Jacksonville, Florida to win a state championship in baseball, ladies and gentlemen. That's a major accomplishment over all the terrific public schools in Duval County. Hey, I want to thank uh, Alex and Nunnery for those uh, fine reports on high school baseball, semi-pro football, all of Alex's reports. We do appreciate uh, you know his reports. He's a uh, contributor to the BigJReport.com and does reports and interviews on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. Something I want to correct from last week, I had mentioned Mike Jones, who is the Episcopal High School baseball coach and pitched for the Jacksonville Suns back in the, I believe, early 1980s. I, I knew all along he was a left-hander, but I may have mentioned that he was a right-hander. Um. When I when I mentioned his name last week, so I do want to correct that. Mike, Mike Jones, who pitched for the Jacksonville Suns, also uh, pitched in the major leagues and actually had a winning record as a pitcher in the major leagues. He pitched with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Mike Jones was 11-10 in his major league career. He also pitched for the Jacksonville Suns back in the early 80s. I had a chance to interview uh, Mike Jones then when he was with the Jacksonville Suns. And Alex Nunnery had a chance to interview him a few days ago, as now he's the head coach of the Episcopal Eagles high school baseball team. So Mike Jones just wanted to correct that. Want to let everybody know he was a left-hander that did pitch uh, in the majors and had a actually had a career record of 11-10. and 10. He pitched for the Jacksonville Suns back in the early 1980s and is now the uh, head baseball coach at Episcopal here in Jacksonville. So he's been around these parts in the Jacksonville, Florida area for a long, long time. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm, uh, Saucerility, LakeUfallahits.com, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Again, our sponsors, Anchor.fm, also Saucerility, uh, LakeUfallahits.com, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. The Teal Shirt Report podcast is produced by Alex Nunnery and also by uh, JC. So thank you for listening to our episode today. Uh, today is actually episode uh, 17 of season two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott, and I'm out. I'll talk to you next time.
Oh, 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 oh,